0: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
1: Sacramento, three on one, Spaghley the step, Spaghley with the dump, and you can put it in the book and send them to the look. There it is Buddy Hill alone at the top.
0: Welcome back to another episode of the Kings Sports Podcast. My name is Brendan Nunez. Got Rich Ivanowski on here as we always do. What's going on, Rich? How you doing, man?
2: I'm doing great, Brendan. Um, I'm really enjoying doing these draft previews, so I'm 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 having a ball, honestly.
0: You know, I'm having way more fun with these than I thought I was going to, to be honest. Like, this is, uh, yeah, this is my first year really diving into this, and I think I'm going to have to get into this more every year.
2: we got to become members of Draft Twitter. And,
0: like, over the next couple of years, we just got to be draft guys. <laughs> I'm willing. I'm totally down.
1: It and helps, you, it helps yeah. you just
0: learn, like, specific player skill sets, too, since you're so focused on one guy compared to as a team.
2: Yeah, it, it's, it really, like, I... I think like it's so much of it is like video breakdowns too. So you learn a lot about the finer points of the game as well. When you, when you hear about like a, a struggle of one guy and you're like, well, you know, how serious is this? And then there's like an hour of tape on it.
0: That's so nice. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's great. And, yeah, all those guys that are part of draft Twitter and, and some of the bigger names, obviously, Sam Bestini and everything, do a great job with all their work and being able to read through all those and their varying takes and taking bits and pieces from certain arguments here and there. I, I definitely had a good time doing it. And uh, today we got two of the bigs in the draft. We got Onyeka Kongwu from USC, and we got Obi Toppin, Obadiah Toppin, from Dayton. Obadiah.
2: Um, yeah, you know, it's funny – like, I tried to divide this draft class into similar-ish guys and um, did that mostly by position and size, uh, wingspan and height, especially. But, uh, yeah, and these guys are very similar in terms of their position, their size, but they are very, very opposite players in a lot of ways.
0: Very different players. Uh, last time we did Vassell and Acoro and we did them kind of side by side for one of the first. I think the first time we've done that, and I think this is another one where we probably do them uh, separately, one L one, and then and then we can obviously compare them throughout.
2: Yeah, I think we can use the other one as
0: a reference point a lot, but we will have to separate the discussion a lot more. Hmm. Um. How do you feel with uh? starting with Obi, because I personally have a bit more to say on on Onyeka. So I think we could save that for the second one.
2: Yeah, I think that Toppin is more of like an open and shut case. Like we know a little more about him, what he's going to be. I think his his floor and ceiling are a little more established. So I'm down for that.
0: All right. And, uh, yeah, just to go into the basics of Obi Toppin, like we said – uh, the from Dayton, one of the smaller schools. Obviously, he was the consensus national player of the year. He is 21 years old, so he's obviously on the older side here. Six uh, nine height with a six eleven wingspan, and really just an all around offensive player. And some of the just physical comparisons, I see a little bit of like a Aaron Gordon or John Collins sort of body to him. And the athleticism, obviously, is huge with Obi Toppin as well, comparable to those guys.
2: Yeah, John Collins and Aaron Gordon are really good examples. I mean, he's a four, you know what I mean? Like, And honestly, in the NBA right now, there are less and less fours every year, I feel like. Uh, even you see John Collins being, it seems like, was going to be forced to be a five before Quinn Capella went to the Hawks. And now there's a question of, you know, does he have enough, Stretch to his game to put it for, and it fits as well because Collins and Gordon both can shoot it, but they they can't. It's not, but it's by no means a calling card. Uh, but it's like in the it's in their tool bag, which is important, and it's similar to Top in here, where you know is not going to give you a lot of volume, but definitely was impressive. Thirty nine percent from three this season on 2.6 attempts per game, which is, you know, like functional, right? Like it's 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 a functional skill.
0: Yeah, very much so. And you see him kind of doing it from all aspects. He's definitely a ball-in-his-hands type of guy. Um, you had 20 points per game here from him on obviously a team where he was everything for them, but 7.5 rebounds. There's some nice passing to him as well, even though that's not one of his uh, – key skills. He was able to flash that at times. Um, And, I I mean, I was really surprised like the versatility of his offense. You see him faking dribble handoffs and occasionally some Euro steps, and he's more agile in a way than you would think on the offensive end, just from sort of looking at him.
2: Yeah. um, I definitely noticed how He's got he's got he's got a very odd body type. He's like very triangular. Like he's big and yeah. broad up top, and then his legs get pretty skinny.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and so like I think that helps with the agility. His his legs move very quickly. He's got you he can kind of squeeze through players. Uh, I think like that can help in some ways, but also it's gonna hurt him defensively um, when he's gonna try to defend even forwards. But like certainly, I think defending fives would be a real issue
0: for him. Yeah, definitely. Um I yeah, I think we'll I, I'm going to hold off on the defense for now because I think the offense is obviously the main main part of him here. Um and the defense will be a knock. But yeah, there's a lot of I mean, a majority it has synergy has 25% of the time he was working out of the post. Like I said there was some impressive vision out of there, but he has these nice half spins moving the other direction or uh full spinning and there's times where he just decides to rise over guys because he has absolutely ridiculous athleticism that you're going to see that also really benefits him in transition and and as a role man. Um, there were some decent dis- decisions in a short role, even though that's not where I'm the most comfortable with him. Um, but he really takes advantage of this absolutely ridiculous athleticism where he's flying through the air um, and has – some really nice finishing. I mean, to be in the 98th percentile of finishing around the basket, 76%. Um, that it's absolutely ridiculous. And like you mentioned, there is a jump shot to him as well. You get some, like you said, 39% from three. He's not doing it off the dribble, um, but he, but he is um, off the catch, a very good catch and shoot shooter as well.
2: Yeah, and I, I think for from what I saw. I was not in love with the playmaking. Like, I think that it's, again, it's like a functional thing he's got in his toolbox. But, like, at the same time, I wonder that, like, translating that to the NBA, I think what that's going to end up becoming is that he's not going to make a lot of mistakes. But I don't think he's going to be a flashy playmaker or he's certainly not going to rack up a bunch of assists. Or I just think he's going to make the smart play. And I think that's pretty much where it ends playmaking-wise.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way. I don't think he's a primary or a secondary initiator for a team or anything like that. I think you're definitely rolling to the basket with him preferably and then also he can pop out when you need him to and space the floor. Um, I I do have some questions on how effective he's going to be just off the ball in like a lower usage situation if we're talking Sacramento, obviously. I don't think that you have the ball in his hands a ridiculous amount of time, like obviously you were seeing at Dayton, and I question how much of an impact he can have off the ball.
2: Definitely, I think that this is like an open and shut situation where Obi Toppin is meant to go to a team that just has a gaping hole at the four, like that, like a guy that you want to plug into the four and you need a weapon, and he's going to be your weapon, like Golden State. Uh I'm looking down a list here of uh Detroit, yeah. Um New York maybe if Randall goes. Like a team that just Charlotte maybe. Is a team that like can take on the high
0: usage offensive offensively focused big man. Yeah, definitely. And you don't think Sacramento's that team, right? Like talking no. the pairing say with Bagley, right?
2: No, I don't. I don't think that he's, he's a good fit for Sacramento. And I actually wanted to ask you, I, I wanted to get into defense as well here, but maybe we can use this as a transition into that. I want to ask you how you think he compares to Martin Bailey, because for the most part, I do see
0: some similarity. Hmm. I hadn't, uh, I hadn't thought of them comparatively all too much. Uh, I see where you're coming from, obviously, the ridiculous athleticism and, and as a role man. Obviously, I think there is more shooting here, and Obi just is more efficient. Um, Bagley has a lot of fine-tuning to his game to do, and Obi just being an older player, I I think, understands his spots and when to take his shots better than Bagley. Um, But athletically and like the type of player they are, if Bagley had a reliable jumper, which is a big if, I, I think they are... Pretty similar here. Are you are you thinking the same thing? I do
2: think I think they're kind of redundant. Like to the point where you couldn't use, assuming that you would have to maybe assuming the Kings would have to move up to get him. You can't really use two top five picks on that same type type of like offensive four. Where again, like we are hoping that Bagley turns into a five, but it's just like this. He's kind of like Marvin Bagley with less athletic upside, not even that much less. It's it's similar. Like, he's, he's Marvin Bagley with, like, a little lower of a ceiling but a little bit better passing and shooting.
0: Yeah, and while he is able to shoot, that's not where you want to pigeonhole in, him in on offense. It's just if that's available, if, he, if you're not focusing on him, then sure, he's able to hit that off the catch, but you definitely want to be using him as a role man the same way that you talk about Marvin Bagley. So, yeah, I would agree. I don't think they – they work uh, great offensively together, and defensively, this is a nightmare.
2: Oh, defensively, it would never work. And I mean, I don't even think they could play, like, next to each other, really. Like, I don't think – like, I think they're too similar of a position to – I don't know that you could put Bagley and Toppin out there together in any circumstance. I guess if Bagley bulks up a little bit and does become a center, if he improves his shot blocking, maybe it works, but there's not enough – passing there there's not enough shooting there where there's not enough space there it's too much usage between the two big men i i think you kind of need one of your big men to be more of a lower usage guy and both of you guys would want the ball
1: constantly
0: yeah that that's a good point i i think you're definitely not effectively using the both of them i think you could get some minutes but you're right you you would definitely be limiting the both of them um And then, yeah, if we're talking the defense, I mean, Obi is just terrifying when you're talking about guarding a pick and roll the same way that you see Bagley. And, like, I I guess at times he's able to do some weak side defense because of his ridiculous athleticism, um, but the timing's not too inspiring. His lateral quickness is rough. He he bites on pump fakes. Um, So, yeah, I mean, defensively, I I don't really know – honestly how Obi is a positive in any way. Is that is that too harsh? No, uh, I don't think so. I think he's gonna straight up be a turnstile. style. I think he's
2: like I think he's gonna be uh, a smart player, coachable player, an effort guy,
0: but I think he's gonna get run over on defense constantly. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those sort of high floor guys, right? Because he's older, like we mentioned. You just know what you're getting with Obi, right? There's not too much improvement, but there's also not that much downside.
2: Yeah, I was gonna ask. What I just looked it up. How How do you think his age compares to uh, Marvin Bagley? Like
0: what? Like who do you think is older by how much? Um, is Obi? Well, let's see. Obi is. Uh, what, older by maybe a couple months? He's almost
2: exactly one year older than Marvin Bagley.
0: Okay, okay, that's pretty significant, yeah. It is, considering Bagley's had two
2: years in the pros already.
0: Right, yeah, I, I definitely, it, just in general, in regards to the fit for Sacramento, and I, I'm skeptical on how much you want to base what you're doing and building around Marvin Bagley, Um, but even with just, what Obi is with Bagley, without Bagley, I I don't. Sacramento has enough usage guys, even if you're not including Bagley. When you look at Fox, Bogey, uh, Buddy, that I, I'm just not all that interested in Obi. I think if there was a situation where he's the clear best player when Sacramento's picking, say they moved up to four, and I don't even think if they did move up to four that Obi is the best guy there. Um, I, I'm just not all that interested in Obi coming to Sacramento. Is kind of what I'm saying here.
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree, and um, yeah, I just think you've kind of—if this is the type of player you want—you've kind of got a higher ceiling version of that guy already on your team in Marvin Bagley.
0: Yeah, and yeah, I, I don't know how much Obi. I, I think he kind of—if you were talking about his role on like a championship team in a way—he'd probably have to be a bench high usage four, I would think.
2: I agree, and I think that's a pretty safe floor for him, like a
0: scoring,
2: spark plug, energy big.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. Um, what else do you want to touch on with him? Um,
2: I, I figured maybe we could end the each player. We could do like a ceiling and floor. We
0: just did a floor for him. Ceiling, I mean, uh, is, it, is the ceiling like Aaron Gordon? Well, Aaron Gordon is much better defensively to me. Right. I, I think it might be what you've seen John Collins do this year. Like John Collins has become ridiculously efficient this year and he only played forty one games because of his suspension, but forty percent from three on like three and a half attempts, fifty eight percent from the field. Um I, I think that you could see some of that with more post up game.
2: Yeah, maybe a maybe Collins with a little more of an on ball acumen, a little more passing. Yeah. Or or Aaron Gordon with Maybe a little lower defense. I I mean, if we're doing true ceiling, I could see your argument being like, if everything works out, he's taught how to defend. Um, but I still don't think you can get get quite to Aaron Gordon level, but like
1: close.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, and as much like I, I do think that Sacramento is should sort of look towards these. High floor guys, just because the high ceiling guys in this draft also have really low floors, and I don't know how much they can really handle another bust, to be honest, um, aside from well we'll get we'll get to our entire ranking of the guys that we've gone through at the end here. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, BetOnline, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. If you're missing the NFL, it's no problem. BetOnline has live Daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day in all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. Moving on to Onyeka, who is, like we said, from USC, uh, I have 6'9", 245 pounds. Um, Obviously, things vary a little bit there, but that's about what you're seeing him at with a 7-foot wingspan. He is a center, although he played a lot of four at USC, so we'll get into that a little bit. Um, 18 years old, he actually played at Chino Hills when Lonzo was a senior, Onyeka was a a freshman, uh, you, I watched the uh, Mike Schmitz watching film together with Onyeka, and uh, he's very soft-spoken, and he was saying how he's best friends with Lamelo. actually. They're talking every single day. Um, but I am very interested in what is bringing uh, here. It's yeah. all coming on the defensive end. Um, and just to give an idea, his physical comp in regards to the body that we're looking at is really similar to a player on Sacramento's roster in Rashawn Holmes. That's
2: fascinating. That's fascinating. I was gonna say, like my the first comp that came to my mind is like a likable Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. Um, like in terms of the size, it's pretty close. Yeah, and obviously defensive minded, and you you could see that like in a scenario where, uh, you know, he really was in a situation to be allowed to shoot as much as he wants. That maybe he'd come around to like thirty-three percent situation maybe. Not that there's any reason to believe that, just that the form looks all right in theory.
0: Yeah, there's promise, um, albeit on super low volume. I believe it was like four threes. He shot all year in college and didn't sink one of them. He shot it a little bit in high school. Um, So, yeah, I mean, and the free throw percentage is um, somewhat inspiring. I mean, you see a 72% and – Comparatively, like Holmes you're talking about is 80%. And I guess, you know, there's some thought that maybe Holmes could step to the three-point line. He did it a little bit second year. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that yeah. we can start with the defense here. That's where you're going to see most of Onyeka's value. He thinks he can guard one to five. I, I think you'll get away with some minutes at the one and two, maybe in a switch situation. But, really, he is an elite rim protector is the main thing that I feel like you're getting from Onyeka here. Um Around the rim for oppositions, shot 31% this year, um, according to Synergy. Absolutely wow. ridiculous. His his timing is is insane, and that I think that's one of the I, I don't I probably shouldn't get into the Holmes comp all too much, but I do kind of feel he is just a a much better Holmes. Like he's filling this same role to me. Um, and Holmes, a lot of the defense you saw this year, and obviously Sacramento was the worst team, um, uh, in regards to opponent field goal percentage at the rim. So this is a major concern for the Kings. Um, Holmes helped a lot in that, but a lot of it felt like he was able to do that because of his athleticism and the timing wasn't great. You saw that with fouls, it's not the case with Doncic. His feel is ridiculous and his timing is, is amazing on these blocks.
2: Yeah, and honestly, I don't see any holes at all in his defensive game. Really, like he's really strong on pick and rolls. He's really strong on the perimeter for his guy yeah, his size to be sure. Um, yeah. Definitely with the rim protection, like you mentioned. I don't.
1: Um,
2: I it's one thing. I you know they talked about in the Schmidt's video. They talked about how he's not very vocal. So like that's maybe one thing he needs yeah. to improve on defensively. But aside from that, like yeah, I mean the best defensive big in this draft, I think, is fair to say. Even if you're I mean, even if we're talking about Wiseman with a seven six wingspan, I still feel like the feel trumps that.
0: Yeah, I do too. And and especially if we're talking about switchability here. Now now the concern would be his size being uh, listed at six eight is what Bassini has here. I've seen all the way to six nine and a half. Um, We've also mentioned a little bit that, you know, maybe these guys grow a bit. Um, but, I mean, how much is the NBA transitioning to, like, this year? I, I've i said multiple times, like, I thought Bam Adebayo is becoming what you're kind of seeing as a perfect center, and that's about this size. You're talking uh, Draymond Green. P.J. Tucker's playing minutes at the center. So while there are matchups that would give him some issues, I, I think that it, the size is – it, I, there are reasons to be concerned, but I, I don't think that's going to hold him back from still being I, – I don't know if it's elite rim protection in the NBA, but it is going to be very good rim protection. I'm really not sure. We're on the same page,
2: honestly, like on both of these guys. I think that the size is is pretty much not an issue. Like you said, pretty close to Rashawn Holmes' size. He you know, is 19 won't turn 20 until the end of the year, until December, I think that there's a chance he could grow a little bit. I know Bryant is going to recoil every time I say that for some reason, but, you know, the kid's 19. Like, he – I think that he could grow a little bit. Um, And even if he doesn't, 6'9 is a totally fine size for a center. Like you said, there's going to be matchup problems. That's fine. I mean, outside of Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid, who is going to, like, kill him?
0: Yeah, like if you look at the division the Kings are in, I guess like Anthony Davis, you might be. I, I, I don't know. He could get away with minutes on Anthony Davis. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, if I you're mean, talking, he's going to do a
2: better job than anyone else on the team, right? Right,
0: right, and, and yeah, if you're talking Zubach or Harrell, I have no issues. I think he's fine against DeAndre Ayton, even though he's a little bit stronger there. Um, yeah, I, I mean, aside from those two guys that you mentioned that are giving anybody issues, really. Um, I, I think yeah, he's totally fine on on the defensive end in regards to this size. I don't really have worries there. You mentioned, yeah, the, the defense is just great in every way that you're getting from him. Help side, rim protection. If if you're in a pick and roll, he can cover it in any way possible. Um if you want him to switch, if you want him to hedge, if you want him to drop. He's doing whatever you want in a pick and roll defense here. Um and yeah, I mean, I don't know. How much else there is really to say on Onyeka? I am extremely high on him defensively, and I think that that is something that Sacramento could use so much because obviously we talk about the struggles of Buddy. If you want to talk about Bealita and Bagley, um, I I do like Fox as a defender. I think he's a little bit more of an off-ball playmaker rather than an on-ball guy. I think guys get past him a little bit, but you just need Sacramento desperately needs an anchor, Um, and Onyeka has the potential to be that. I think it's safe to say that he will be that. He'll be the defensive anchor
2: for whatever team that, yeah, whatever team drafts him. I believe that too. Um, And, you know, I don't know. We're maybe a bit bullish on him because I think if we're going to talk about his floor, maybe he can't be the the best defender on a good team, like if we're talking a floor. But I
1: think an average outcome is like –
0: I think he could be a starting center on a championship team, though. Yes. Um, is that
1: more ceiling?
0: Um, probably, yeah. And, and I think a lot of the fluctuation with his floor ceiling is going to be on the offensive end.
2: Yeah. Um, and I would also say that I just I think that the Kings have this glaring need for guys that can guard forwards, right? So we talked about this with uh, Denny. We talked about this with Okoro. We talked about this with uh, Vassell. There's just this crazy need for anyone that could guard, uh, like one of those versatile forwards that are gonna, you know, terrorize the league. For that have been terrorized in the league, will continue to terrorize the league. Your Lebrons, your Kawhi's, your Paul Georges, those types of guys. And honestly, I think that. Okongu can do that for the Kings if they, if, if they couldn't find a forward that they liked, if, if those three guys I mentioned were off the board. I think Okongu has the ability to defend uh, Kawhi. Uh, you know, he's not going to shut him down or anything, but uh, because he can slide down like that, because he can switch, because he's quick on the perimeter, he, that, it, it's like he's a big man, but he also has that sort of forward defense versatility.
0: Yeah, would you you think as, like, his primary assignment that he could cover those guys? So, like, a team like, like the
2: Clippers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard in the starting lineup. Uh, who would you put on them as the Kings exist today?
0: Yeah, I, so it's Harris and Barnes and then... And Nolan.
2: right.
1: Yeah.
0: So, right. like,
2: that, that's where I'm saying, like, you could put Barnes on George and Onyeka on Kawhi, and at least, yeah. like, you could make that argument.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I think that. Yeah, teams that have two of them like that. I think he. I'd prefer him as you know off ball and in helping Barnes. If we're talking a team that said only had one of those guys. Um. But yeah, I do think that he instantly does become your second option. If if not, maybe your first if he shows um some capabilities there at, at covering those type of guys. Because while he is a big, and I I view him as a center he kind of moves like a wing. He he moves really well. And and he gets off the yeah. floor. By the way, part of these blocks, like, he gets off the floor really fast. Um, I don't know how familiar our listeners are going to be, but, like, it's somewhat um comparable to Brandon Clark, who we saw on last draft. Oh,
2: I love that. I love that comp. And I also think that we didn't give him fair shake on the offense. Like, we got right into his defense and never got out of it, I don't think. But – no, I mean, he's a really strong pick-and-roll, rim-runner type of big man, I think. Uh, I mean, the guy had 16 points a game in a pretty decent pretty decent uh, uh, conference, you know, so yeah, I, I I like his offensive game, too. It's extremely limited. We know like it's, it's traditional big man offense pretty much, uh, but it's nice.
0: Yeah, and it's it's interesting, like, if we were talking to fit with Bagley, I don't know how I feel. Um, a lot of his games out of the post, and it's not exactly the low post, though. It's pretty extended, and the playmaking is not great. Um, I-, I don't have it exactly in front of me, but I believe it's a... Uh, double the amount of turnovers compared to his assists, but he also just was the only guy on this USC team, really. Um, I have more faith in his passing than that, even though I don't think he's a, you know, again, I think maybe he's your third um, playmaker on that end or initiator in that sort of way. But in, in regards to this post-ups, I, I think that it, it it's a bailout for the Kings, and I think that they really need that sometimes in this half-court offense because in – When you're talking full court, when you're in transition, Onyeka's not going to have any issues. He's, like you're saying, he's running the floor. He's hustling. There's never an issue with him being one of the first guys down. um, Fills the lanes well. But in a half court, if you need someone to to bail you out, I think you kind of can go to him in the post. And that's the time where I would see that being an option since I I don't think it should be how you are – like starting a play, like that is your number one option. But I think it can be a nice bailout. He has really good touch with both hands. Similar to Holmes as well. You know, you see these little bit of push shots, except it's not push shots for Onyeka. It's more hooks in a way. Um, but yeah, traditionally you're you're pretty much going to be using him as a role man here. You see a little stuff out of the short roll and things like that. But um, I do think that him and Bagley together on offense would cause some issues. What do you think with that pairing?
2: You're definitely right. Um, Who do you think is the better fit next to Bagley between Onyeka and Obi?
0: I'm taking Onyeka every time because I I just think the defense is such an issue for Bagley.
2: So, yeah, that's where I would agree. Like, I think that Toppin is a much better fit next to Bagley on offense because he can shoot. Mm -hmm. And Okongwu is a much better uh, pairing with Bagley on defense because he can defend. Uh, So, like, but then then you have to look at the type and like would you rather have your two best big men be offensive minded or would you rather have like kind of one guy you could bring on for defensive matchups and one guy that you can can run just to like score? I think that at least you're like you've got a little more diversity on your roster
0: there. Yeah. And like you said, I think there's, you know, some there's a theory that Onyeka could space the floor somewhat. Um, when you usually when you saw him face up, it was just to go to a spin move and, and kind of do a nice little finish around the rim. Um, but my other question I'll throw your way for him is, I mean, he's he's getting projected really high. Like, Draft Twitter has him extremely high. It, I know uh, Jackson Frank, friend of the pod, has him second behind Killian Hayes. Yeah, Bryant West, friend of the pod, has him second as well. Yes, I've seen that. Sam Bassini had him mocked at four. Um, and the quote for him is, "I peg Okongwu's con- con- Oh wow, O'Kong-Woo's draft range from four down to about twelve at this early stage. Hey, what do you know? Um, Big Board had him at six, and yeah, comparatively for for top end, Vicini's mock was five. With the uh, quote on his range being the defensive worries do give him a wider range than you think. Think more in the top ten as opposed to top five. So interestingly, I mean, I'm higher on Yeka. It sounds like you're the same, and I guess it sounds like, if you're talking the range, that he could be available a little later, even though I do doubt it. Um, To me, this is a guy that Sacramento would have to either trade up for or be lucky enough to fall into that top four. And my question is, like, how comfortable are you taking a guy that's a rim-running center, a defensive rim-running center, as a top four pick when that's really the league's most replaceable position?
2: So... Okay. Um a couple things. Just to give a little a little more perspective on the rankings, uh Vassini on the big board had top in four at a six, and the ringer has Okongu five and top in all the way down at eleven. But so I th- I think we're more in that camp with the ringers rating. Mm-hmm. Um but all but to answer your question, you know, that – Type of player that position of player is the most replaceable, but the skill set of a versatile big defender really highly switchable that actually isn't replaceable. I don't think like the like the Alex lens of the world are who you can get. you cannot get right. the draymond green on Kongwu type defensive minded players.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's uh, that's totally fair. I feel the same way. I, I feel like that he's a decent enough upgrade over the generally replacement level guys that you kind of mentioned there um, that I don't have too much of an issue with it either. I, I did understand, like when that question was first posed, I kind of saw it, but yeah, diving into it more, I'd agree with you there. Um, yeah, I mean, you look at games. I mean, who is averaging, and he's probably not doing this in the NBA, but his per forty minutes, he's averaging three and a half blocks. He's getting some nice steals and he gets these steals and is able to put it on the floor, finish it himself. He had eight blocks in a single game. Another one was seven. Um, I, I mean this is like a really special level defender that you're talking about. And how many times this year did we say where would the Kings be if they didn't have Rashawn Holmes? And this is a clear upgrade at that same position and filling that same role.
2: I think that's true. I mean, it's not a guaranteed upgrade because you know he's a rookie, so like bad things can happen. Guys can not pan out. Yeah. But if, if like the theory holds and if he becomes what we think he'll be, he will be. I I didn't think of that comp, and now that I've now that I've seen it, I can't unsee it. And you're you're absolutely right. It's like Rashawn Holmes with even more defensive upside.
0: And once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BlueWire. All you got to do is pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code BlueWire to get your first order free. And so, yeah, to answer
2: the question about four, pick four. Uh, and we're assuming that Lamello, you know, we're assuming that Edwards is off the board, Lamelo is off the board, and maybe Wiseman probably are the most likely top three. Um, I would consider a Kongu, and I would consider Vassell. And that's probably the only guys we've talked about that I would consider. I think we got to get into Hayes and Halliburton on the next yeah. episode, Uh and those are other guys I might consider. I have to look into them a little more. But
0: I would consider it.
2: Uh, uh, ultimately I believe that I would trade down.
0: Or try to. Okay. But I would I, consider it. I think it'd be hard for me to not take a Like and maybe I just you know, we we yeah. do these and, and the entire day during this, I'm like spent watching these guys' films. So I came into like the basella to coral one super hyped on these guys. Um and the Okonglu one like maybe I'm crazy but like I think there's an argument that you could take him if you had the number one pick. <laughs> like I have to formulate this more. Um and I was debating if I was gonna drop that, but like I think there's an argument and I still like when I thought this through obviously it's him or Edwards and like I think you just take Edwards because he's the only guy that could be a superstar in this draft is how I feel. Um but I I don't know. Like I, I think the that we're talking ceiling for Onyeka. Like, I mean, he could be a defensive player of the year.
2: I am going to stop you there. I, You cannot take a player who is almost guaranteed to have no superstar upside and almost guaranteed to not be an above-average offensive player at one. Like, think about the best defensive players ever. Yeah. There's only a, a handful that you could have ever considered at one. And – I don't think a will fits that bill.
0: That's fair. Okay, so I guess the better wording would be I'd have him one on my board because you're right, picking him as the first pick would be questionable, and that's a situation where you're right, you would trade down. I mean, do you agree that he just cannot be a superstar? Yeah, I don't think he's a superstar. I think he could be an elite role player, but that's that's pretty much it.
1: Right,
2: and you just can't spend the first pick on an elite role player. That's
0: fair. That's fair. So you're right. The wording should be, I think there's an argument for number one on my board, even though I'd have Edwards over him. Do you want to do this uh, one to eight on the guys we've gone through? Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right. So I revealed my one, two. I still have Edwards one, um, but I have Edwards one on Yekka two.
2: So I want to kind of do it a little more realistically to how I would pick. So what I'm going to say is Edwards one, at two, I would pick uh, a LaMelo ball, and I'd trade that. i trade the right Okay. Guy. Okay. Does that, does that add up? as like what I'm like, – because I just can't – at two, I would see too much trade value in LaMelo than taking a guy that I, I wouldn't even feel great about at four necessarily.
0: I see where you're coming from with that. Yeah, I think – yeah, that makes sense to me. And then – okay, yeah, and then what do you feel with three?
2: I'm almost – I need to talk this through with you, but I I also think I might do the same thing with Wise Minute 3.
0: hmm. Yeah, I just wonder, like, I'm so unsure on what his trade value really is. Like, where we see him ranked seems to fluctuate. I guess from the guys like Vestini who really have the insider knowledge, he d- yeah. still does sit up there. Um, So he probably does have that value, and I, I think that's fair, yeah.
2: I I think it's important to make that delineation between draft Twitter and NBA front offices. Yeah. They will see a guy that was the number 1 high school recruit, number 1 college recruit, uh and as a like a 9 foot 6 standing reach.
0: Right. These physical tools really get the the NBA and, teams understandably.
2: Yeah. And he will not fall out of the top 5, I would think. Maybe like I mean there're just too many teams that would love him like Maybe if a certain lottery sequence went down, like where Golden State was not in the top five, some way, they can't get out of the top five. So yeah, no. I I mean maybe yeah. if Golden State prefers topping, uh, they could somehow
0: Yeah, but Cleveland's maybe, taking him. Cleveland's taking the highest upside. Same with Detroit. I think Minnesota weirdly has an argument.
2: Charlotte would love Wiseman. Yeah. Like so like the lowest you could I mean, there's no way you can't get a top ten pick for Wiseman.
0: Yeah. That's and fair. And something significant. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I would agree with that. That with Wiseman there three. Um, so tell me who you have four then here because I did it a little differently in regards to just my order of who I would prefer the Kings to pick.
2: All right. So who do we have here? We got Acongo and Toppin. We've got Denny, Makoro, mm-hmm. Vassell. Yeah. Is that it? That's it. Yep. Okay.
1: Hmm.
0: And we went uh, Edwards 1, trading LaMelo 2, trading Wiseman 3.
2: This is the real question, right? And, like, I don't know what the exact odds are that the Kings end up at the 4th spot. Probably not great. Like, mm-hmm. probably like 2%. So maybe we don't need to labor over this. But I think it's also the most interesting place they could land where I think you do, you know what you're doing at 1. Yeah. At the 2 3, you definitely trade down. And at the 4, you probably trade down also.
0: If you're picking, but, like, is it – so, like, hmm, because Vassell, like – so the two guys, like, I would want the Kings to pick would be Onyeka or Vassell in regards to who I want on their roster, but Vassell seems like a guy that would be there later, right? Well,
2: this, yeah, like, like I mentioned before, these are the two guys that we've gone over so far that I, that I would consider. And I'm interested to get into Halbert and Hayes as well to, so that I can really mm-hmm. feel, like – so I feel like there's some potential for Halliburton to go at four or five, and maybe if you trade out of that, you don't get a look at him. But
0: yeah,
2: yeah over of what we got so far, it, this is Onyeka versus to sell.
0: Yeah, and I think I, I take Onyeka here at the four. Um, I I think this this rim protection and Sacramento needing that defensive anchor is it is a really big deal to me. I, I think that. He instantly raises your defensive floor um, extremely and makes guys like Fox and Corey Joseph look a lot better and Harrison Barnes as well. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to slide Onyeka here at the four. with the Kings keep in the fourth?
2: I think that I'm going to go Vassell.
0: Wow, uh, take, just straight up taking Vassell.
2: I mean, I, either way, I think trading down would be the way to go. So, Okay. Um, like, I, in my order of preference, I'd still probably trade down. And then if I had to choose between the rest of those five guys, I think I would take Vassell. And it's just because I don't know that there's a huge difference in talent between Vassell and Onyeka, and I think that there is a significant fit problem with Marvin Bagley.
0: Yeah, on the offensive end, I see that. Um, well,
2: on the offensive end, it's punching you in the face. Like, like I, on the defensive end, I, it's like that's fine. Yeah. But like, yeah, there's no way to not see an offensive issue there.
0: Right, right. I get where you're coming from there. Um, hmm. I don't know. Like, Vastel, I, mean, I Like, I,
2: like set, set aside shooting for a second. Like, just think about ball movement.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think Onyeka, yeah, yeah, um, right, because mainly Onyeka's o- operating, like, in a post or as a role man, um, and Bagley, if he's not the role man, I don't know what he's doing on offense, um, nothing inspiring. Um, hmm. I, I do see where you're coming from here. Like, I have a bit more questions with the Celtics' defense that I, I just need to get into. On my own, like, he does lack a little bit of size, and I don't know. He is a he is a playmaker on that end. I I, I see the fit better.
2: Huh. I'm not trying to, like, argue to, no, it's interesting to make you come around. Like, I'm not trying to, like, force you to agree with me or anything. I think it's totally fine if we have a difference here.
0: Yeah, no, but I see where you're coming from because those are the two guys that are, I mean, they're neck and neck. Um I, I just lean on Yeka because I, I think that Sacramento needs that defensive anchor,
2: yeah, and I lean in Vassell because if you are trying to build team a team around the core pieces, I don't think that a team works with a court with Bagley and Okongwu as core pieces, where yeah, like if you do fox vassell Bagley. You know, you keep Buddy and Bogey around, or at least one of them. Keep Barnes around for a while. Maybe you find a stretch four uh, down the line.
0: Yeah.
1: But
2: I think I think that works.
0: Yeah, I see where you're coming from there. Um, but, yeah, that's that's who I'd have. I, I would put Ineca a little bit above them there. Um, and then, yeah, if we were talking after four, Sacramento would be picking at 12 there the next guy you would have, like if Onyeka was there at 12, you would take him, right? And if Assel was there at 12, I would obviously take him.
2: I honestly might consider, I'm going to think about a Coro. Oh, are you saying 12? 12, I mean any of these guys. Like I feel like no more than one of these guys would be
1: there, right?
0: Right. Well, yeah, like compared to the guys that we've talked on, like say at 12, um, it's not realistic, but if you, who would you, who would you prefer to be taking of, yeah, like uh, of the guys we talked about, you took Vassell off, so Akongwu, Denny, Okoro. Um, that's all we have left. Topping.
2: I mean, I don't want to be, I don't wanna, like make this super messy, but I might just take Okoro at four and trade
0: him, <laughs> trade down. Like, I, I feel like someone's gonna want Okoro. He screams Atlanta, even though like the fit doesn't make sense to me because like to me they should, pers- they should prefer. Uh, Vassell for the same reasons that Sacramento should. It just like seems like he's getting mocked to him by Bassini. Um and you see Chris Kirshner interviewing the the head coach of of Auburn. Like I I just I, I feel like it's probably going to be Atlanta. Yeah, he's probably going to be going somewhere. Um, I I see Akoro as being pretty high up there.
2: Yeah, and imagine so, like if one team jumps, if the Kings jump and no one else does, then it's the Hawks at five. And you just trade. Yeah. You trade. You let them trade up one spot, and you take them for all their worth. Like you get the five, mm-hmm. and you take them. And then at that point, yeah, I'd probably take Vassell. Okay. Um, and then if Vassell were gone, um,
0: yeah. Who do you like better situation? between Avia and uh, Toppin, right?
2: Yeah, or uh, uh in that situation, to be a Kongwu or oh. Denny, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and Toppin would be there too. And I would probably take a Kongwu.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then, uh, and then Denny, and then, and then Obi. I think I. Yeah.
2: Hmm. I think it turns out our our podcast is very low on Denny.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Like I think that hmm, Denny compared to Akoro, like on, on this one, I did put Denny above him because I feel like both of them you're reliant on the shot coming around, and I feel like if the shot were to work out for one of them, that. Actually, is Denny better if the shot works out? Denny is – well, the shot is a higher ceiling, right? So, like,
2: coro the shot working out for coro means, like, 34%. Right. And the shot working out for Denny could be, like, legit stretch four.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that you're right. I probably – yeah, coro over Denny. And then, yeah, Toppin, Toppin's last for me on this list that we have so far. I agree, and I
2: I think to make this more simple, I'll go with, like, say you cannot trade out of those spots. Say it's Wiseman, Ball, Edwards, or Yon, and I cannot trade. I'm going Vassell, Okongwu, Denny, Okoro, Toppin.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm going Okongwu, Vassell. Um, You put Denny over Okoro, huh?
2: Yeah, I mean, I put Okoro first because so I feel like you could get more trade value, but right. honestly, it's that's negligible too.
0: Yeah, those those are pretty neck and neck. Yeah, so yeah, I go Okongwu, Vassell. I did, yeah. But when going into this, I did write Denny and then Okoro and then Toppin. Yeah, yeah. So we're pretty close. I think I think we're pretty much on the same page with a really
2: small disagreement on like between Okoro and Vassell. Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry, not a cor- uh A Conwood. A Conwood, so.
0: Yeah, and, yeah, honestly, I mean, you're right. Neither of these guys really are top four level players, especially, like, considering the amount of money that you're paying them. So if you were put in that position, you do have to strongly consider trading down. And, and I think that's where it'll get interesting when we get a little bit into uh, the further guys because if Sacramento were to trade down, you know, how is a Sadiq Bay and Aaron Neaton Niesmith, uh the guys that we'll get to. And and like you said, I think for uh for the next ones, I'm good to do Halliburton and Hayes. I know we mentioned Jackson Frank earlier. Jackson Frank has Killian Hayes number one. I think Kevin O'Connor did the same thing. There's a lot of guys really high on Killian Hayes. Um it'll be interesting right. to get to those two and throw them in this bunch.
2: And you know what? Like the more I think about it, in the in the spirit of having a King's false consensus. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna to go to your side here, and put a Kongwu four and Vassell five because I think that the, I keep thinking about it and Rashawn Holmes works great with this team and he's probably gonna be gone after next season. So mm-hmm. if you can just replace him with a Kong I think that works.
0: Yeah, for a long while and and weirdly, I mean, you talk about the Bagley thing it is kind of a Sacramento storyline is like, how are those two going to fit? Because in a way, like you kind of have to have homes out there for Sacramento to be decent. No.
2: Yeah. And it's just like, if Bagby fails, he fails and the team is going to probably struggle for a long time. Yeah. It doesn't really matter the fit at that point. And, And if, if he, if he works, then it works. Like, if Bagley works, so then he that means he can shoot a little bit, means he can defend a little bit, he can play the five a little bit, and then it kinda of just works.
0: Right. Yeah. Makes sense to me, man. Um I think that's all I got on these guys. I'm super hyped on Onyeka. I, I'm really interested to see what he ends up doing in the league. Um but yeah, you're right. I don't as much as I think that he could be my favorite pick for the Kings. Um, I, you're, you're right that he's definitely not a number one pick type of guy when you're considering the salary um, and the value of that number one pick what people would uh, would offer you for it in a trade um, but I'm very excited for Owen Yeka and uh, he's definitely going to be a guy I'm going to be diving into a little bit more and, and get interested on I, I might end up putting out an article on the comparison between him and Holmes because I think they are uh, pretty similar and interesting there but yeah I think that's all I got on the two here man
2: yeah, and I think the super secret, uh, the secret about all this discussion is that the Kings should trade down, take move up, and uh, then just take whoever falls. Well. But yeah.
0: Yeah, I might argue with you on that at, at four with Onyeka, but we'll, uh, yeah, I'll do a little more research here and get back to you. Um, so that is gonna do it, man, for this episode of the Kings Fools Podcast. Thank you to everybody for listening, and you'll hear from us again in the next couple of days.